Where does the Texas A&M tight end room stand going into 2022 on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joey Ikes. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. The tight end position is extremely important in Jimbo Fisher's offense that is run at Texas A&M. Uh, to highlight how important it is, they shuffled the coaching staff around earlier in the in fall camp to place the man who has been the offensive coordinator for the last several years to coach the tight end position. Uh, that's not necessarily an indictment of James Coley and his ability to coach tight ends, but it does tell you just how important the tight end position is. <clears throat> for so just some information about the role at Texas A&M, since Jimbo Fisher arrived, since his first season in 2018, um, the tight end plays in line for Texas A&M about 65 to 70% of the snaps. That's really high for college football where teams want to spread the ball out, spread the field. A lot of teams aren't even using you know, traditional tight ends. A&M is one of the, the few schools using a traditional inline tight end or a traditional inline tight end body type. Most of these teams are transitioning to, if they, if they have a tight end, it's really just a big wide receiver. We saw Jelani Woods get drafted. We've seen Kyle Pitts get drafted over the course of the last two years. These guys are essentially just oversized wide receiver level athletes that don't bring very much of anything to the table as blockers, but bring a lot to the table as pass catchers. Um, at AM, if you're going to play tight end at AM, you have to be a capable blocker. A, because of how much you play in line as an extension of the offensive line playing outside of the tackle. That's what I mean when I say in line. That's the traditional Y tight end type role. And 65 to 70% of the snaps. And when you consider the fact that AM is going to rack up running attempts in the neighborhood of, you know, 350 or so running rushing attempts over the course of the season, um, it helps you understand why it's so important uh, for that guy to be able to block as an inline player or when he's split in the slot or out wide to be able to, to be a contributor in the running game. It's important for a to be able to run the ball. The tight end plays an important role in that. Um, the, the production in terms of passing game production for the last several years since 2018 has been somewhere in the neighborhood of 35 to 40, up to 50 or so catches about 500 yards and about five touchdowns. Now we saw Jay Sternberger really blow that out of the water. He he wound up up around 800 yards in 2018, 10 touchdowns or something like that. But other outside of that, while Jalen Weidermeyer was playing tight end for A&M, 40 catches, 500 yards, four to six, call it average, five touchdowns. Um, and that guy is going to be leaned on heavily to win in third down situations 
against both man and zone coverages. So he's got to understand what he's seeing and be able to convert those third downs and extend drives. So that player is very important, especially in an offense that wants to be able to be explosive. If you're going to be explosive and take shots at big plays on early downs specifically, you're going to wind up in some third and six, third and sevens that are a little bit longer and more difficult to convert. Um, and those are the type of pass rush situations that defenses want to put you in. Um, but if you have a tight end that can consistently win for that eight yard or 10 yard first down that you need to get in those situations, it's extremely valuable in this offense. Um, this offense is going to create production for the tight end because of that role. Um, I think we've seen the fact that, unfortunately, with the way Jalen Weidermeyer's um, career has played out at the NFL since he left AM, um, very poor performance at the NFL Combine, unfortunately, followed it up with a poor performance at the AM Pro Day, undrafted free agent, and released last week by the Buffalo Bills. Um, Jalen Weidermeyer, as a player, um, fulfilled the role that the tight end asks or that the tight end is asked to fulfill in this AM offense at an extremely high level. But in terms of the blanket level of is this guy an elite player, an elite football player who plays the tight end position, um, the NFL as a whole has really given you the verdict and the 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 combine measurables and things like that have given the verdict that while he played a special role for AM and made some really big plays for AM, he is not um, in an isolated situation. He is not a special football player from an athleticism uh, and ability standpoint. Yet he was consistently able to produce that 40 catch, 500 yard, five touchdown type year. And what that means is that this offense the way it is structured, and that was through multiple quarterbacks, both Kellen Mond and then Haynes King, Zach Calzada in 2021, um, this offense is going to create that level of production for its tight end. Um, so we should expect to see that from whichever tight end plays the majority of the snaps. And this may be a situation we'll, we're going to go through the whole depth chart here uh, in, in a couple of different ways. Uh, this may be a situation where those 40 catches and 500 yards and five touchdowns are divided between three players that each catch 13 balls for 200 yards and a touchdown or two each. Um, we will see about how it fills out, but that's going to be the role. Um, and that's an important role. 500 yards and five touchdowns of offense is a, a not an insignificant amount of production, uh, especially in a passing game that features in, in an offense that is not solely reliant on the passing game the way some of these offenses are in college football these days. All right, so before we get into the players, now that we've talked about the tight end role, I have to tell you guys about driving sober. It's an extremely, I'm going to use the word, it's a sobering topic to have to talk about, but it's important. Imagine you're, you're hanging out with friends, you're putting back a few drinks. A few turns into a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think about calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. 
what are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone? Everyone knows the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. We almost all have, at this point in, our, in, in time, a story of how we as individuals personally or as people that we know have been impacted negatively, um, even fatally sometimes by drunk drivers. Um, but that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're ready to drive, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Um, we live in the era of Uber and Lyft and it is extremely easy to get a ride right now in the world that we live in today. So don't take that chance, drive sober or get pulled over. Do the safe thing. Think about the other people in the world. Um, don't, don't be willing to take that risk. As we get into the depth chart for the tight ends, we're not gonna necessarily do it in the order of how these guys are getting snaps right now. Uh, we're going to break these guys into two groups. And first, we're going to talk about the guys. There, there happen to be six tight ends right now on the depth chart. Three of them are returning players who were a part of the program last year. And three of them are true freshmen, really three pretty high-level recruits. And that really speaks to what I was talking about earlier. We'll get there in a minute, too, uh, about how a is one of the few programs that utilizes a real traditional tight end. So when they have the when tight end when a real traditional tight end is coming into college football, A and M is one of the few programs that's really going to recruit them highly and and strongly. So you're going to wind up with these classes where when there are multiple traditional multi-purpose tight ends, you're going to wind up with more than one of them in your class more than likely. So A and M actually recruited three this past year. We'll get to the go those guys shortly. But first, we're going to start with Max Wright. Max Wright is a fifth-year senior. Um, who is a former four-star recruit. Um, he's played in 31 games since 2018, but his career is pretty interesting. For 2018 and 2019, his freshman and sophomore years, he was a defensive lineman, primarily played special teams, provided some depth on the defensive line, but then made the conversion from defensive line to tight end in 2020. And so since that point, he's played 15 career games at tight end. Um, he has four total catches for 65 yards. It's actually a, a pretty, I'm sure, a highlight for Max um, and one that he will never forget. His first reception as an offensive player at the college level um, happened to be a 42-yard catch and run against South Carolina in 2020. Um, it's the only tight end that he's caught in his career at A&M. Um, and obviously it accounts for, you know, 60-something percent of his yardage. Um, it, it's a huge milestone moment for him, I'm sure, and one he'll never forget. But that's Max Wright. That is the um, that is the extent of the college on-field experience uh, or college production, I should say, that AM has in the tight end room. So as we'll see from this point forward, outside of Max, who is sort of the 
um, the COVID super senior who's taking advantage of his fifth year of eligibility due to the COVID year of 2020. Um, outside of Max, there's zero college production um, in this tight end room. Um, but that doesn't mean that the tight end room is going to be a weakness or anything like that. It just means that there's uncertainty and that also means there's opportunity. There's not a Jalen Weidermeyer coming back who has filled the tight end role for the last two years and is the walk-in starter at that position. There's not a Jay Sternberger who transfers in um, with a lot of production at other college levels, transfers in, takes advantage of the opportunity. This is, this is a very competitive situation. The other guys who have been in the program for at least one year, uh, Blake Smith is a 6'4", 255-pound redshirt sophomore. Um, and Blake and the next guy who I'll talk about have a couple of things in, in their profiles are extremely similar. Um, Blake is a former three-star prospect who played at South Lake Carroll, one of the biggest and most prominent high school programs in the state of Texas. Um, has no production in college yet, but has legit tight end size um, and should be able to execute the role required of him put in, if put in position to do so on the field. Fernando Garcia, the other guy who has been in the program for at least one year, is a redshirt freshman at 6'5", 245, so a little bit bigger than Blake Smith. Again, former three-star who played at Katy High School, another one of the flagship high school football programs in the state of Texas. So both of these guys come from big high school backgrounds that played big-time high school football in the state of Texas. Uh, Three-star recruits, so not extremely highly regarded as recruits, but but quality players, quality size, benefit from a redshirt year, and now they're in position to be able to take advantage of some opportunity uh, that will exist in the tight end room in 2022 for sure. Let's now get into the freshmen, the true freshmen who are here uh, in College Station, ready to try to take a jump into gaining an immediate role in the offense uh, as a tight end. Um, we'll start, we'll, we'll go in order of their, their recruitment rankings. Um, Jake Johnson uh, is a four-star tight end from the state of Georgia. He was the number one tight end in the class. He is actually Max Johnson's brother. Um, and if you look at the timeline of Jake's recruitment, it seems very clear that he made the decision to come to AM around the same time that his brother Max did. And I'm sure if we went and looked at the specific dates of the day that the days that Max announced his transfer and his destination and the dates that Jake announced his commitment and signed on, um, I, I just about guarantee you that one led to the other uh, in the time, the way it played out. So, so Jake was committed to LSU until December of 2021 flipped to AM late in the process, wound up signing with AM again. Four-star tight end, number one tight end in the class. Um, he can play in line, he can play split wide, and he's probably, and this is plays out in his recruiting ranking, he's probably the most quote unquote complete of the young guys. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that he has any one particular trait that makes him um, overwhelming over the other two guys, uh, who we'll get to in a minute. But as that most complete player, NFL bloodlines, all those sorts of things, um, he was the number one tight end in the class, the number one recruit. And 
recently on three put together their true freshman All-American teams, and Jake Johnson was a part of that. I'm sure a lot of that is driven by their recruiting rankings and the fact he was the number one tight end in the class, number one tight end in the class, probably most likely to to be the most productive as a freshman. Um, so that's Jake Johnson. The next guy, the, the next ranked prospect that came in as a tight end for A&M in 2022 is Donovan Green. Donovan Green uh, is a Dickinson High School prospect, the same high school that produced Jalen Weidermeyer, who had a pretty decent career at A&M, as we talked about. Um, Donovan is 6'4", he's 235, he was a four-star tight end as well, slightly lower rated than Jake. He was the number four tight end in the class. Uh, he's a very good blocker, um, but also possesses plenty of athleticism to be productive in a pass-catching role down the field and underneath. <clears throat> and then the really interesting guy, the guy who probably comes with the most mystery and intrigue and all those sorts of things, is uh, is Theo Orstrom. Um, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that name, Theo. I apologize. Um, six foot five, 255 legit size prospect. This is not a small tight end who's sort of a big wide receiver that, you know, weighs 225 or something like that. And because of that, he's going to play tight end. No, he's a legit 6'5", 255. That's where A&M has him listed. Four, was a four-star uh, tight end, the number 12 tight end in the class. <clears throat> he actually comes from Sweden. So he attended a school called the RIG or R-I-G Football Academy, um, which is a 30-student um, project or 30-student academy that exists for the purpose of developing athletes and developing players for the Swedish national team in the European Championships of American football. I'm sure there's a more formal name for it than that, but essentially to prepare him to play as part of the Swedish national team and he played at a high enough level there and was, a again, legit-sized prospect and unbelievable athleticism for his size. Um, he was able to then be recruited from the Rig Academy to come over and be a part of the Texas A&M offense. Um, he's extremely intriguing, unbelievably athletic, like I said, for his size, moves very well, looks very comfortable in routes, looks very comfortable at the catch point, making plays on the football, extending above his head, reaching reaching outside of his frame to make plays on the football. Um, looks like he has the opportunity. He is the guy that if you had to ask me, hey, which one of these three guys in three years is a top 60 or top 100 NFL draft pick, uh, it would be this guy after three or four years at A&M with the opportunity to develop into that high-level NFL prospect. That is the tight end room. In terms of 2022, Max Wright has seen most of the first team work. He did miss practice on Tuesday, but was out on the field in street clothes, um, not taking part in drills, but was involved in practice in, the, in any way that an injured or player who's sitting out of a practice can be. No, but we don't believe the injury is serious, but it is worth noting. He has been taking the first team reps, um, but once he once he was not, Blake Smith was the guy who stepped in to take the first team reps on Tuesday. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this group develops. There's a ton of ability and athleticism 
and legitimate SEC tight end level, NFL tight end level even size in this group. Um, it's going to be awesome to watch this development play out over the course of the next several weeks as we get into the season and then months by the time we get to the end of the SEC schedule or the bowl season or the college football playoff, um, what this tight end group looks like then. There's going to be a ton of development because there's not a lot of experience. So this this group is going to get opportunities and they're going to develop at a rapid pace. And then by next fall, we're going to be talking about this tight end room as one of the strengths of the A&M roster. When we do this episode about tight ends for 2023, we're going to be talking about how much depth they have at this position and how strong they look going forward with this group. Thanks so much for joining me today for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes. That's J-O-E-Y-I-C-K-E-S. And you can read my writing about all things Texas A&M at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Aggies. And please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. And check out our YouTube channel, Locked on Aggies, as well. Be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Hit the little bell so you get the notification every time we post a new video. And please leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review on Apple iTunes and all those other um, podcast platforms. It really helps grow the show. We're trying to get you guys the best A&M coverage that we can get you. And all of that stuff is going to help the show grow which is going to help us have more opportunities as we go. Now that you've made Locked On Aggies your first listen of the day, get more on the SEC by listening to Locked On SEC as your second listen. Every day, host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes or less. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. That is Locked On SEC.